outsiders only. This is Sky Terror. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to another episode of Outsiders Only, the podcast about the game Sky Terror by PvP Geeks. This week, we actually have a very special and interesting episode because instead of talking about the game in the sense of mechanics and the way it plays, we're going to be talking about the story behind the game, why Olanta is what it is. And for that, we had to bring in the writer of all the lore that exists in the game of Sky Terror. So uh, today we have on the show Ricardo Parmigiani, which we refer to fondly as Parme. How's it going, man? It's fine. Thank you. Thank you, Blake. And thank you very much, Blake and Christian, for inviting me in your amazing podcast. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's it's great to have you on and talk about this. I know sometimes having the lore and this, it just helps people's imagination get into the game more and become more entrenched in the actual way to play the game. And you kind of feel like a kid again because you get to be imaginative when you're moving your characters and thinking how things go together. And you can just add more flavor into deck building and things like that when you have that background knowledge, which you've uh, created for everyone. So thank you for that. Um, I hope so. I hope everyone will like it. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so getting right into it, uh, I was just curious. The very first thing I wanted to ask you was, did the game come first and then the story? Was it just all uh, like Ricardo and, and Giacomo when they were planning this all out? Was it pretty much just they had this whole game mechanics laid out and then you came in to help do the story and you created that? Or did they have a storyline already created and then they kind of gave you an encompassing an over-encompassing view of everything and you kind of helped fill in those gaps well it's a very interesting question because honestly the game came out in both meanings because we found we used to find ourselves we used to meet ourselves every time every night every week just to create a game. And while they were explaining the rules or the mechanics of other games to take inspiration to, I uh, talked about ideas, uh, other games' lures, some, and we made, uh, we spent hours and hours of brainstorming. And so I can say for sure that the game came out in both lore and rules. After that, Ricardo took the situation in hand and lead everything towards the rules because they have to, to be they have to be prepared first, obviously. And after mm-hmm. that, I added and filled some rules, some adaptations, the story behind. But the idea of the game, the well, the thing we can say, the synopsis came out together Mm. so consider that originally this is a spoiler alert (laughs) the original game was a post-apocalyptic game and not a fantasy one oh that's spicy (laughs) by the way a a wild ram appears i'm also here guys hey oh yeah sorry i forgot to introduce ram he's also here (laughs) taking him for granted my apologies makes his entrance that's pretty cool that's a nice reveal and and were you um there uh when the big bang happened when the game was uh designed were you one of the core creators in a way 
Well, that time, once the rules and the direction came out, I just made one step behind them and just filled all the rules, all the adaptations. They were just a brainstorming first. We were just a bunch of friends, a bunch of friends who wanted to create a game, nothing more. So we collimate all the ideas, all everything. And after that, once the rules and the directions were confirmed, I added the, the main details of the story. And what was the inspiration to go down this this road and pivot away from what you so kindly spoiled was a post-apocalyptic thing? What what was the inspiration to go down to the this road which now has become Olanta? <laughs> Honestly, I don't know. Because <laughs> we spent so many hours chatting and chatting. And maybe with a post-apocalyptic, but without weapons, with uh, without wreck vehicles, just some hand-to-hand weapons. Rifles were very rare. No, 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 no. Wait, wait, wait. No, let's add the magic. No, no magic. <laughs> Every night was more or less like that. <laughs> we used to spend oh, hours so awesome. on I think that's actually pretty smart. But when I think about playing RPGs, either in real life or, or in front of the computer, I feel more likely to be drawn to a fantasy setting because everything is so basic. You have a crossbow, you have a sword, you have a, sh- a shield uh, versus some some universe like cyberpunk uh, where things get pretty crazy quite fast when you have automatic weapons, lasers, nukes, or whatever. It gets a bit complicated to, to keep it basic. Mm. So I, I like this decision. I think it's the, the easier route for sure. Yeah. We always try to get the easiest and most straight way to make people understand because I can create something strange, something very complicated. And, and sometimes, uh, unfortunately, I tend to do it. And at that moment, Ricardo and Giacomo says, okay, 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 that's enough. One step behind, yeah. Ricardo, Palme. Okay, wait, it's too complicated. <laughs> Try to make it easier. Mm, that's really cool. Yeah. I like that process. And so can you name uh, a few inspirations that you have for the specific or for the different factions in the game? Do, do you have some moments in mind which sparkled an idea? Okay, let's make this Talot or this is what Lyothen is all about? Well, not particularly. In that case, uh, we decided to create a whole world which could be uh, simple, simple as it seems but um, very realistic. So with four different realms that could evolve differently each other and something a bit far from typical fantasy uh, realms, just not to be too obvious in our creation. We just wanted to make something more, some closer to uh, human civilization. So we choose four different civilizations and we we started with the obvious cliche we create uh, for instance the red where on originally only japanese or far eastern uh the, the chotlin faction the worshippers of tolot 
were um, pre-Columbian, and then expansion after expansion, hero after hero, story after story, and with the help of many guys from our community. First of all, I have to mention Thomas Foster, <laughs> my my greatest help. Shout out to him. A great guy that helped me to expand, to, to expand the idea, to expand the world, and to have some different references. Because it, it's a complicated world, obviously. It's not mm -hmm. everything, uh, for instance, uh, Kaino, uh, the, the world of worshippers of Kurumo, it's not only uh, from Japanese legends, from Japanese culture, it will be too obvious and too straight. There are some Chinese, uh, Indonesians, uh, some Indians references, mm -hmm. and time after time it gets mm, more complicated, but more uh, interesting, less yeah. obviously. I really like the diversity, uh, mm -hmm. the diverse aspects of the game, like not having the cliche male and female uh, protagonists in the story. But mixing yeah. it up, giving a bit, giving them a rough equal uh, chance to appear in the story, and yeah, I really like this. That's what I liked also about games like Netrunner, who really pushed on this diverse background of characters and the world itself. Yes, very important. Uh, I was born and raised in the eighties and in the 90s, and I can see many differences, and I am aware that we are in 2020. We are not in the 90s and the 80s, where there's the hero, the typical hero like Conan, who saves the princess, the uh, useless and always crying princess. No, everyone has to be a story, a, bit, a real specific story. Mm, that's really good. I like okay, that. A, a quick hot take: Which character is mostly uh, the most like Conan in the game? Is it Kotlik? Well, maybe a bit of Kotlik, a bit of Gulbjorn. <laughs> yeah, probably. obviously. <laughs> but maybe something I don't know. Well, no, mainly those two. Maybe some something in Zekwal. Can resemble uh, him. He's pretty checked as well, yeah. Yeah, I could <laughs> see that one. one. Yeah, there's some card art that has him that makes me agree with that one quite a bit. Now, um, speaking of, of all this, uh, what place uh, in Olenta was your favorite to create? Like when you started writing it, like which one was did you enjoy the most when doing that? Honestly, my favorite one was Shotland, the green one. The Toll of yeah. mm. Land, because of its secret, because it's very strange to see uh, from the outside, from the surface, you can see a normal bunch of islands, normal archipelago, like um, the no man's land, the neutral land, is not very specific. While Kano uh, is structured in volcanoes, in lava rivers, in uh, very complicated architectures, uh, or maybe uh, grills, 
is a full field of magic snow, resemble many uh, me, uh, middle age uh, or barbaric or uh, I don't know something medieval structures, architectures. Yeah. You can't see much of Chutman. You just see some villages, some tribes. It looks like uh, a left behind real, because the real secret mm. is under the surface, and it's a complete mystery. Right. It will be, yep. it will be shown time to time. Yeah, I, that's I, really I, cool. Sorry? From That's my really reading cool. of the of the world, I don't know how how far we can get into detail here, <laughs> but just from from what I read, uh, Shotlan, the the realm where Talot, the mm -hmm. defection Talot, uh, is from, they're they're more of an underworld tribe, or there are many tribes which live uh, not not on the surface, but under yeah under the surface, and they were pretty weak, and then something happened, and suddenly they they grew very powerful. Exactly. And it's a real mystery, the reason why they are so powerful and feared by <laughs> other beings. And if we buy your books, can, do we find out why? <laughs> yeah, there will be many, many answers about it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> is uh, is Talot your favorite faction in general? Well, a mixture of mm, Talot and Leothan. I love Leothan a lot. Oh, me too. Those are my two favorites as well. <laughs> and because, winter. Yeah, mainly because I love nature, I love animals, uh, everything. I have to create something related to them. I try to to check something particular from medieval history or maybe from the uh, zoology books. Uh, it's, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing. <laughs> I have no word to explain that's awesome i love it in fact mainly the different in creation between the characters and the realms is well regarding kano is more related to their history so it's something auto-referential maybe if i can interrupt you there um the, the next question we we have is something mm -hmm. that could fit in right there because I wanted to ask if you could highlight uh, mm -hmm. very quickly some key moments in the history of Olantar. So how, how did we arrive at the current status quo, beginning with the disaster, sure. age of conflict, etc.? Can you just, with a few sentences, bring, bring the listeners on par with Absolutely. the story? Sure, with pleasure. So <laughs> the first event, obviously, is a disaster something terrible happened and the, the book and the chronicles said it was uh, a huge and incredible monster called the first out outsider the first one a huge and immense and incredible creator that was defeated and his death brought a complete uh, revolution on the surface of Olanta. Olanta, in fact used to be a uh, we can say normal planet, a normal planet with a crust, with, uh, with layers of land. And after the disaster, the whole planet exploded and was reduced to a lot of, of floating islands, of floating archipelagos, mm -hmm. where the, um, the realms come from. 
There are just few references in the in the images, in the art, uh, but you have to imagine a world divided into many, many islands, into myriad of floating islands. And this was the, the main event yeah. that created Olanta as we know it. And is this where the the good old Shogun, the big boy, arrived and tried to to mess with everyone? Yeah, maybe, maybe. <laughs> so, as as a bad guy, you mentioned uh, you mean the first outsider or the venerable Shogun. I meant the venerable Shogun. I think okay. the that was uh, a few years later, a few centuries later. Mm -hmm. That was, uh, we can call it an avatar, something semi-divine, an incredible man, a messiah that reunited many tribes from the land we now know them as Kano. He reunited all these tribes and tried to expand his dominion to all other lands. Obviously, this action brought a reaction, and so other, other realms were created to face this menace, because he was very military-oriented, very, very strong, not barbaric or uh, wild or merciless. He, just, he was just a conqueror. Not everyone was so sad was so contrary about his dominion because he was not obviously you mean yeah he, he was not obviously an, an evil person but just a, a, a strong strong guy in a way exactly. a strong leader and a just for leader. our listeners the the realm that we are talking about kaino is where mm -hmm. kuromo now yep, is from exactly. he's the ancestor in a way for them <laughs> exactly yeah I think that's really cool the Khan, uh, the Khan of the Venerable Shugun brought another another revolution to Olanta because one after the other, all the realms were created, were founded to face this uh, this menace. Well, another thing can be the beginning of the the winter, the endless winter that brought that was brought to uh, Leothan, to um, Leothan's realm, Griel. Mm -hmm. Now Griel is covered by magic snow, by magic eyes. This was just a solution made to, to hinder the advance of the Venerable Shogun's army. It, mm -hmm. works oh. well. it works pretty well. But the main problem is that it lasts, even though the Venerable Shogun is not here anymore. And so they... They voluntarily decided to freeze their whole continent just to keep the shogun off. Exactly. exactly. That was the main reason. Yeah, I see. Pretty weird, but understandable because inside the realm, many many citizens of Grilf died, starved, but the strongest one could emerge, could come out, and become the, the real leader. Strong people. You can imagine, and the the spiritual link with uh, with some specific animals, as you can see. Obviously, there are no animal links with reptiles or insects or uh, tropical creatures. Yeah, 
but once there. So we have established mm. in a way uh, Kuromo and Lyothan right now. We have the big boy Shogun, the, the venerable Shogun uh, reigning or trying to conquer everyone. Yeah. And we already know that Talot uh, were a pretty weak uh, tribe or a pretty weak faction up until they they grew very strong. So, so what was Nupten or Utsesh, I think, is the name yeah, of the real? Who were they, they up to? Uh, this is because of the, um, the first race, if we called it, uh, of, of sentient beings, which were called Nuptians. They were a completely different uh, way of of being they're completely different creators they were the first sentient being to dominate the real before the venerable shogun they were the first to face the first outsider and they they were menaced by the first outsider and when a disaster came out they were in the in the edge of extinction and they are struggling to stay alive because they are fewer in number. Yeah. So that they dominated other sentient beings, so that we can call human, more or less. Because Lucians mm -hmm. are not proper humans. They really <laughs> like them, but they are superior in the use of Skyter, of magic. Yeah. So they're oh, super really cool. strong magical uh Skyter masters. Exactly, exactly. And so the, the whole world was uh, was threatened by the venerable shogun uh, to be conquered. But what what happened then? Well, chronicles were not so accurate, but it looks like the venerable shogun one day started to wither and died. With no answer, with no with no reason. Simply mm -hmm. he died. He left the, the mortal realm and elevated to another plan of existence. You can imagine that brought a total crisis to Kano, to Kainit people, to Kainit citizens, because there was no strong leader like him to lead the realm. Nice. No, yeah, they divided into small uh, small kingdoms, still united under the banner of Kano, but not so not so well organized like they were under the venerable Shibun. And that was the moment the other realm came out <laughs> and let them flee inside their border, and the realm of Kano reduced sensibly. I see. And Ooh. this is probably because um, I think for all the f factions that we have today, there is a clear ruler. There, there is Queen Freyhel for Lyothan, for example. But for Kuromo, we, we don't have a main protagonist anymore, do we? We have only daimyos? Exactly. There are daimyos that are ruling five different kingdoms. They are allied, but rivals as well. You know what I mean. They <laughs> struggle to dominate each other, but in the moment, during the war, they are allied each other. 
to face all the menaces and to try to conquer the land back. And is this the, the current age, the, the war you're talking about? Is this the, the Skytear war that we're in right now in the, in the timeline? Sorry? And um, is the current time that, that we're playing in the game, is this the, the war you were speaking about, the Skytear war? Correct, yes. There is a Skytear war now because uh, the four realms uh, developed, uh, they evolved in amazing structures, amazing complex structure. You can see Kaino with the five kingdoms, uh, Chotland with the mysterious underground civilization but, mm, that no one knows, but it's stronger, probably stronger than the other realms. Or Utsesh, Utsesh who, uh, whose leaders, which are the Naptians, obviously, the, the few left Naptians, who are leading uh, their realm and are draining all the, um, all the energy from their land to elevate some, some amazing, strange structure, architecture. But, mm -hmm. and, and Leothan, last but not least, to preserve the endless winter through the figure of Freyhel, of Queen Freyhel, which is a supernatural entity sent by Leothan to control the endless winter. And Leothan is a god, uh, is it right? Exactly. Because so not just a perfection, but, but a, a divine being. Exactly, exactly. Because the four gods are Kurimo for Kaino, Leothan from Griel, Toulot from Chutlan, and Nupten from Utsesh. These are the four gods. Oh, so the factions are named after their god. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Cool. So, how how does uh, the what what is the Skytear War about? Uh, what what are the the realms fighting for at the moment? Well, the real reason is, as the name suggests, to get as more Skytear as they can, because every realm is slowly crumbling because it needs it, it, it evolves on a level that needs so much sky tear to be to be in a hole you know the daimyos with the with their kingdoms or yeah. uh, utsesh who is trying to preserve nuptials which are slowly dying and brought to extinction uh, children to uh, sustain the mysterious power that comes from inside, from the underground, and Leothan to preserve the endless winter. These, yeah. these spells, these situations are above their, um, their supplies of energy. And the only way is to conquer new lands outside because Skyter can be found everywhere, but especially in, we can call them virgin land, in no, in no man's land, which are the lands, uh, the island, the floating islands, uh, located from one realm to another. Yeah, I think they were described as a like um, a demilitarized zone in a way that uh, the the realms agreed before to not go there, 
in order to not threaten your neighbors. Exactly. But now they are just going crazy and uh, conquer everything to get more and more sky tear. Yeah, they need it. They absolutely need it. But the more they advance, the more the realm on the other side feel traced by them. In fact, the map represents a no man's island where the two factions are fighting to get the sky tear, the sky tear energy. Cool, very cool. I think a good summary of this, the, the current age that we are living in in the game is fighting for survival as the world dies. Exactly. Mm, exactly. That's great. Oh, this is so cool. This was this was for me. Like I'm just sitting here enjoying story time. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. This is great. <laughs> if, 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 if this is ever comes in an audio form, they have to let you, Parme actually narrate it because you have so much passion when you speak about it it's so interesting to listen to i know probably everyone listening in right now is enjoying this as i am oh that was great that's true very much <laughs> just quickly we got two more questions before we go into a special uh spoiler card that we have um is uh is there a character that you think is kind of underrated in the story and that you are looking to either that's been either briefly mentioned or has already been mentioned and you want to explore a lot further in the future? Well, first of all, consider that every character already made needs more deepening because they are very complicated, more, most of them have more have very complicated stories that have not finished yet. Probably mm. one of the most underrated is Ekrit. Ooh. Because <laughs> she is uh, in the lore, she's the last Naption born and she's the heir of the whole real of Utsesh. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I'm glad you didn't so say stay Kinui. Tuned for that one. We, we had some arguments about Kinui in the last episodes. So Ekrid is, is great. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Excited. And Christian, you got one more for us, right? Yeah, I I just wanted to to note that I I we realized that there is no real good versus evil uh, storyline going on there. You already mentioned that you want to uh, have a perspective like the real world, so we don't have the good guys versus the bad guys. There is only dark versus darker. We have uh, like the Nuptians are magical superior Skytear masters, but they also have sort of slaves. And yeah, so everyone has their, their dark secret in a way. So what, what is the decision for this? Did you just want to make everyone cry when they read the, the fictions? <laughs> no, no, no. But I just wanted to create more uh, empathy with the characters. Because the more standard you made it, uh, the more uh, evil, the more good you make it, uh, the more, uh, the less real it is, it seems, and the less empathy it creates. Yeah, that's true. You know? mm, that's really cool. Well, thank you so much for, for all your information into these stories. It was just absolutely fantastic. I hope everyone has been enjoying this. But we cannot end without going into... Uh, the continuation of spoiler season, which we got right now. And uh, Giacomo was kind enough to uh, provide a card. Uh, you may be familiar with it called Triumph of the Wild. Mm -hmm. And it is a Taula card that mm -hmm. is a uh, reaction. And it has one mana symbol and a plus one modifier. 
and it says, you may remove an illusion. It's got the Nupton symbol. So a Nupton illusion in line of sight, the caster gets plus one armor. And I thought it was uh, very appropriate to have the great flavor text. Rem, why don't you uh, read the flavor text on that one? Sure. Uh, the flavor text goes, the communion of Shotland has no space for trickery or intrusion. Kotlik. Was it, so, I think that's that's pretty good. Did you write that text? Yes, I did. Honestly, I don't remember if uh, it was me or Thomas Tinif or both of us. Honestly, <laughs> I don't mm. have to remember well <laughs> because every card we create is a is a long, long quarreling between me and him. No, no, no. Okay, no. Wait. Uh, this is better. No, it is better. And after. After a long, long paralleling, we create together the best card ever, <laughs> best text ever. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. And it has also a pretty epic uh, card art. We have sure. Tusk uh, destroying uh, a blue uh, <laughs> illusion, apparent yep. illusion. So it's an interesting card. It, it just targets Nupton illusions only. Uh, but you still get plus one armor for one power, so it is pretty a pretty hateful card, I'd say. It it just yes. it holds Nupton pretty bad. Yeah, there's some things that are going to get shut down, but I mean, it it is going to be more of a situational card, which we kind of discussed uh, leading up to the show. But I think it's it's going to have a place in maybe the the toolkit hero that you have when you're looking for certain matchups. And I'm I'm also really enjoying that we're seeing these cards that are focusing on uh, affecting worship abilities, providing or removing, and having different interactions with the worship. And I think that's a really interesting choice to have as a theme in this next expansion. What are your thoughts, yeah. Christian? For sure, yeah, yeah. Uh, we already saw the instant speed shapeshift uh, ability, which I feel. Uh, as my first instinct says, is stronger than this current card, mm -hmm. which removes the illusion. But it's also, I think, a planning for the future. Where if if Nupton should ever grow too strong, you have not really a silver bullet, but uh, a bronze bullet, maybe, <laughs> to keep them in check. So there, there are already answers for future problems pre-printed. And that, that's never a bad thing, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. All right. So uh, that's going to do it today. And uh, Parma, if people want to get in touch with you, is there a way to do that or do you stay off the radar? Yeah. Well, because my time is always, <laughs> is always very, very, very few. Yeah, because of my so job. We'll keep, you, we'll keep you off the grid then. If, if yeah. they want to get in touch with you, they got to reach out to Ricardo or uh, Giacomo, we'll say. Yeah. yeah, probably, yeah, if they want to. And most of the lore is anyway uh, accessible via the, the great, great books. So if you got if you liked what you heard today, there is so much more in, in the two lore books already. So mm -hmm. if, if you want to know more, buy them, read them, enjoy them. and Yes, su support the great work that Parma is doing. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, so thank you again for coming on the show. We really appreciate it and giving us a lot of background. Um, hopefully we can have you on the show again in the future as you develop more stories and we get more into the lore and the questions. Let's hope so. Let's keep in touch. Yes. 
I'll be for really sure. Glad. <laughs> oh, that'd be fantastic. And of of course, you can find uh, Christian and myself on the Discord. Uh, there's no point in just directly reaching out to us. Just literally hop in that Outsiders Only channel and uh, fire your questions away. We'd love to hear your feedback on this. And if there's something else that maybe we didn't cover that we can address next time Parmet comes on when we get more lore in the future. But until then, I hope everyone has a fantastic week and enjoys their Sky Terror moments. And uh, we'll get at you next week with our next guest. Bye-bye. Bye. Outsiders only. This is Sky Terror.